2: hey hey hey! welcome into another episode of the grinding Two Prime podcast with your host maddie matt along with todd fox and today we're going to have a special guest with us uh you want to introduce yourself
1: shawanda mccrary
2: yes we're going to do an interview with miss shawanda mccrary uh like we did kind of uh with lisa mckay um uh, episode we're going to do some something similar as well but before we get into all that want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just type in Grinding True Crime Podcast. and You can follow our page, like our page, and comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Also, if you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., you can continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. Go to RedBubble.com and type in TopBox 80, and there you can find uh, merchandise courtesy of Grinding True Crime. And if you like what you hear and you'd like to uh, leave a donation to us, you can download the Cash App app and type in dollar sign Grinding True Crime. All that being said, we will jump into this right away, and we're going to um, let Miss uh, Shawanda uh, introduce herself and, and talk about her story and her case. So you have the floor.
1: Hello, um, my name's Shawanda McCrary. I live now in Mobile, in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm sorry. My son Justin McCreary—he was born in Mobile, Alabama. Justin was well known in the community um, because he always played football. He played football starting at five years old, all the way up to his adulthood. Uh, right before he uh, was—he passed. Justin, um, he was a straight A student. He always made A's from elementary school, middle school, to high school. Even he made the dean list when he went to college. Wow. Um, Justin started out playing football at Fibers Park. That's in Thomasville, Alabama. And he stayed there to middle school. Because you couldn't play middle school ball and park ball at the same time. But he decided to stick with park ball because... This was that was his first love started off, and he yeah. also did traveling football with a Saints team out of New Orleans when Justin was in elementary school. Mm.
0: Oh, they sponsored and, uh, his football team.
1: Yes, it's, um coach Dewey had learned about Justin from one of Justin's friends uh, from daycare, and um, and once he seen Justin play, he gravitated to Justin. He. He used to travel all over the world with Justin when he played um, just elementary and middle school football. Mm. And once he got to high school, um, he went to third high school in Mobile, Alabama. And right off the bat in the 10th grade, he was the running back. And Justin always was the star player for high school. And um, he always hold, hold that number 22. So you you would see a ton of people with number 22 on their t-shirts um for football, you know, with just football number.
0: So he was he varsity at, at uh as a sophomore or junior? Yes. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Yes. Nice.
1: And um and he always he always just shined. He he you know, if justin in the game, we're gonna win this game. You know, everybody cheered justin on. You know, it was in um, Justin high school when he was in the 12th grade, he injured his his ankle. And uh, they was playing against one of their rivals and, and Justin was so hurt because they lost that game. That was their first time not going to the championship because Justin got put out that game due to an injury.
3: Mm.
1: So even then, Justin uh, went off to college. And um, he went so far as Thibodeau. Louisiana, and me and my family used to travel back and forth from Mobile, Alabama to Thibodeau, Louisiana and watch Justin play college football, and Justin was always in the paper on the front page for, for you know, making touchdowns and an uh, outstanding player in mm-hmm. college, and then he started playing with the Mobile Generals, and Mobile, um, they had a semi-pro team, and Justin did well there as well, and um, just I had moved. I decided to move back to Atlanta in 2012 after my mom passed. So um, Justin was back and forth from playing football there to working because he was working at security at different nightclubs like Blue Flame, Blue Ivory, and he even got different deals with. Um, he had signed contracts. He was on BT, you know when they did different um stream recordings at the club just is one of the security guards that they chose to be in in the film
0: yeah cuz it I, describe describe your your son's build
1: oh justin was 5'11 he was like 200 and um from 230 to 250 pounds but he was all muscle i mean this he was naturally just built. He, he worked out all the time. Um, me and his sister Amber, he used to try to get us to work out. And I was like, Justin, I can't do this. You know, he, he <laughs> always motivated us to, um, to work out and exercise and take care of ourselves. And then Justin started training. He was staying in Buckhead and they have a gym inside that complex. And other people seen Justin training and they gravitated and wanted him to start training them. When yeah.
0: I say big, mm-hmm. I was just going to say, your son was a very big, big guy. And, and I could tell uh, gra- people gravitating to him because of his build. I mean, he looked like the quintessential bouncer or big guy. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to go into a fight, you'd want to go into a fight with Justin. <laughs> yes. And
1: and I can remember some of the guys um, from high school, they would make jokes later. They say, when they see 22, they say, McCray, when McCray would get the ball, we just fall down and say I'm down, McCrever don't think I'm down, you know. So yeah. uh, to keep was- justin from hitting them. <laughs> so um and he had got so big, even when he was at the nightclub doing bouncer, a lot of people was gravitating to him so they started calling him the hope.
3: Oh, okay. So
1: um, even when I had went, you know, to some of the guys that I knew Justin had gravitated to, like different barbershops, and told them he had passed. They didn't know Justin from Justin. And then when they looked at the picture, they said the Hulk. That's the name they gave him here Mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Everybody started it was Bama or either the Hulk. I
0: see.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so when it was fights that would break out that Justin could just um, you know, separate that some of the other guards couldn't do. You know, he was just naturally strong. This boy was just, he was, and people thought he took steroids and Old protein shakes and no, he didn't take nothing, nothing. When I say he was just naturally built and naturally strong,
0: he was. Mm. Yeah, he from the pictures we've seen. I mean, <clears throat> Matt Matt agreed. He's like, This guy's built. Mm-hmm.
1: And um, I remember one time I was trying to wrestle Justin and he kept on saying, Mama go on Now he was just he kept telling me to stop. And I was like, Boy, come on, I could take you down. I'm, I'm a <laughs> So I just kept pushing Justin and kept pushing Justin. so mm-hmm. he just pushed me a little bit but I could see myself went way down the hallway I passed the room and I was like this boy is strong you know and he was in high school then. he was um he was in high school and Justin is Justin is gonna be he have been very missed you know mm-hmm. Justin have three three young children He have Ava. Santee in Junior. And even though Justin was working here in Georgia, I don't care if his daughter had a carnation or she won Queen or his son was playing karate. Because when his sons stayed in Mississippi, he was always there. He nothing came before his children. Nothing. Hmm. And they had a birthday, he was always there. He just was always a hands on father. And um and the, his children now ask me so many questions and I don't know how to answer them, you know, um, because I made a YouTube channel uh, um, to gravitate, to get, um, answers and I'm praying and hoping the right person stepped in to, um, to give me some help to, so we can get closure, yeah. you know, and just somebody can finally be at peace. And, um, it's just hard. Like now, the holidays coming around because Justin was always that person. He ate his share and your share too. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told Amber, I said it's so hard cooking without Justin because I knew my food wasn't gonna go to waste, you know. And then he's the person, you know. We play the games. We just had so much fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that, big
2: inside, <laughs> big and in heart too.
0: What were, you saying, what were you saying, Matt?
2: No, I said not only was he big in size, he was big at heart, too. He had a big heart. Mm-hmm. And
1: everybody just loved Justin. It's just mm-hmm. like so many people gravitated to him. And the reason why so many people knew Justin in Mobile, because even though we were staying in the Thedo area, but mm-hmm. Justin played against teams that was in the Pritchard area, the Thomasville area, Maysville area. So it's like, Overall, in the mobile area, Justin played football. If it went middle school, it was little league, a uh, high school. He played against boys that was in other high schools that remember Justin from court ball.
0: Yeah, word, so, word gets around when you when you play and you're that popular, you're that good. You know you you'll you'll get known fast.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was um he was chosen for the com- the combine um uh, from Nike Combine was they only picked just a selected few to be uh good players that was able to um go to football camp at that age in the 12th grade. And Justin was one of those that was chosen mm-hmm. as well. So it's like so many people knew him because of football and and then when, you know, it was just, it put a smile on my face is just see people come out by the hundreds. Mm-hmm. Um, they came out to to celebrate his death. You know, because so many people knew him and people were saying, I never seen a young person die and that many people show up. That many people show up and pay respect. And his favorite color was red and so many people had on those colors because, yeah. <clears> you know, that was just in favorite color.
0: Well, let's let's talk about what led to the incident and things uh, that we're going to um, the discrepancies and everything, because that's obviously um, one of the reasons why you're on here. To well, The main reason is to talk about getting justice for your son. So if you could, if you could fill us in to maybe um, some things that were big in the beginning of this, uh, you know, leading up to that incident that night, was there any kind of like a um, weird um you know did he get any kind of weird phone calls or text or something like that or was there anything leading up to this that maybe there was a question in your mind prior and, to the incident
1: and that's the thing um mobile kept just cell phone
0: mm-hmm.
1: they didn't get it back to me they kept just in bill folder. they kept just in pants they kept his shoes they kept his shirt none of his stuff returned with his body to the funeral home, but a pair of boxers, one earring, and a bloody sock.
0: So, so, so they, so let's, we'll, we'll hold on to that. Cause I want to get to that part at the end. But, um, as far as like, you know, leading up to everything up to, cause so kind of just walk us through what happened the night or two before, if there was anything, um, prior to the accident, supposedly of what happened to your son.
1: Okay. My son came here to Georgia
0: that mm-hmm. week. And
1: um he had he was talking to his sister Amber um before now showing him pictures of the girl Takira May who was the survivor. Okay. And he said she's staying in my inbox. He said, "What you think about her Amber Should Um uh, should I talk to her?" He said, "She really trying to get in touch with me." And uh Amber said Amber told him no. She said, no. You know, just off looking at the girl's picture, Tahira Mae's picture. Mm So, um, Justin did not know that girl. So, um, that week, Justin came to Georgia and he came to my house and Justin had came and he had left. So, he came back and I had to be to 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 work like four o'clock that morning. So, the girl Takira may call my phone, and she said we're trying to get in through the gate. I said, "Who is this?" She said, <laughs> "Iki." She said, "Cause she called off her phone. I didn't know her number." Yeah. She said, "Justin is in the jeep, sleep." She said, uh, "Can you let us in?" I said, "I already left, but I'm gonna let you in the gate, and I call Amber so Amber can let you inside inside the house."
2: No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to, so, no.
1: uh, hmm? who was amber amber is my my daughter she's just okay. okay so amber got, amber let them in the house and i went on to work and um amber said justin had left after uh i guess secure may fell asleep on my sofa and she said that um She said the girl came knocking on the bedroom door and said, "Well, can you call Justin? I left uh, I left something in the jeep." And she said, "I don't know Justin's number." She said, "And Justin's number that program on my phone." So Takira May told Amber Justin's phone number by heart. And my thing of it is, who knows somebody's phone number by heart? You just met them a few days. True. Like they studied him. I would say she studied him. Okay. And and um. so she told Amber just the number and Justin called and it was no answer. Justin didn't answer her. So on up in that day, Justin had called me. He said, Mama, can I come on your job? I said, yeah, you can come out here. And um, because I was a chef cooking at the uh, hotel. So Justin brought this girl with him and his dog. His pit bull, Sweetie, he brought Sweetie out there too. So he said, Mom, fix us something to eat. I said, Well, just not closed the kitchen down. I said, but you know, it's some food and stuff. I just got something quick, you know, just to put something on their stomach. And um and justin just was laughing and talking like always. And I took Justin around the whole entire hotel with people who I worked with. And uh, people that I knew that gravitated to me and used to give me tips off and loved me, you know, so I wanted them to see Justin. So I took Justin around the whole hotel and I just was showing different people, you know, my son. Mm-hmm. And um, I'll never forget as Justin was leaving, he hugged me so tight. He just hugged me. He just hugged me so tight. I didn't know why, because he never did that before. Really? And I hugged him back. I hugged him back. So him and the girl got into that same Jeep, which that Jeep wasn't Justin. A girl, a girl who's supposed to be his girlfriend, Erin Yorn, she rented that Jeep. Mm So um I stood out there to the car to the Jeep, and was talking to them for a while, and he left. He said, well, Mom, I'm going back to Mobile. <clears throat> he said, I'm going go back to Mobile because there's a big show there. <clears throat> he said it was a big show, show there, and which he had worked with different people in Mobile, too, doing uh, bouncer, you know, security.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, yeah. uh, it's supposed to have been a lot of strippers from all over all over the world came to Cookies and Cream uh, had um, supposed to have came and performed that night. That fr- that Saturday night at Cookies and Cream.
0: So it was a high end event, correct? Yes. Okay.
1: So um, Justin ended up going back to um, he went back to Mobile, but when he left me somewhere in there, Justin went to his brother house and did a video with a guy who was a rapper and the rapper wanted that Jeep in the dog <clears throat> and Justin in his video because I ended up seeing that video that the guy made and Justin had on some red shorts with no shirt on and it had rest in peace Bama on it. You know, later I seen that video because mm-hmm. I seen the video of the Jeep because that Jeep wasn't Justin's. And um, so Sunday morning Justin, baby mama, Allison, she gave me a call. Which I had woke up by 3 o'clock that morning. I just woke up. And I just started praying for all my children, because I have four children. Mm-hmm. four four, four-grown adults. And I didn't know why I woke up, but I could not go back to sleep. And so 7 o'clock my time, which is 6 o'clock mobile time, Allison called me. And she said, "Miss McCreary, Justin been in a bad, bad rate. and you need to um, call the hospital." But Allison knew Justin was dead, but she couldn't tell me. She said oh. she didn't. Know, she said she did not. She did not know how to tell
0: me. Oh, okay, okay.
1: So Allison, Justin, baby, Mama stayed downstairs from Takira May, Mom, Shantae May, Shante, Secure my mom went and told Allison, Justin, baby mama, that Justin was dead, and he was in a bad car wreck. And Mm. she said, you need to call his family. And I don't understand how the mother knew that time of morning, because when his daddy got to the hospital, the hospital did not know. Mm. So I called all the hospitals. Mobile mm. Informer, USA, all of them. Nobody had Justin McQuarrie. They even called the police department. It was not no Justin. I even called a bonding company that could see things before it get to the police station. And mm. they was like, Justin ain't been arrested. So I called Allison back. I said, what are you talking about? Nobody have Justin.
0: How long were you calling before you got an answer?
1: I called... I I started calling seven o'clock my time and I didn't get an answer to nine o'clock.
0: Wow, I'm so sorry. That that must have been torture.
1: So I called Justin Daddy. I said, You need to get to the hospital. There's something wrong with Justin. He said, Give me a chance to put on some clothes. I'm going. So at the at that moment I told my sister, I said, I called my sister, my baby sister, uh Bert. I said, go to the hospital and see what's wrong with Justin. I said, Allison keep telling me Justin at the hospital, but they won't, they said it ain't no Justin now. So Justin Dad made it to the hospital and um secure my sister, Angel, who was on the news.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So Justin Dad asked the girl behind the secretary behind the desk. She said, I want to check on my son. We to Justin. And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. She said, because she knew Brian from the community, you know, where everybody stayed at growing up. So she knew Brian personally. Which is was... Yeah. So uh she said, Brian, your son is not here. She said, What are you talking about? So how the new how the hospital did not know and secure family knew. So, um, secure May's sister went up to J- Justin Daddy and said, I heard you asking about your son, and uh, I'm sorry, but he didn't make it. Mm. Mm. So, Brian called me, he was like, um, he called me Pi. He said, Pi, Justin didn't make it. I said, What you talking about? I said, What you mean, Justin didn't make it? What you saying? He said, Justin dead. And I just got quiet. You know, I just. And at this time, my daughter, Amber, she heard. She heard the conversation because he was on speakerphone. Mm-hmm. And she just ran ran out hollering. And I'm trying to catch her. And I'm still trying to grasp it. You're telling me just, I just couldn't get it. I just didn't get it. I just was in disbelief.
0: So, what time was the accident? They the say,
1: according to the, according to just the death certificate, he was pronounced dead at 4.30 a.m.
0: And you woke up in the middle of the night, you said like around 3? Yeah. That, mm-hmm. it, that is very eerie because in a lot of cases that we've done, you know, when the family gets, someone gets an intuition, some sort of intuition, either prior or right after something happens to their loved one to where when they pass, they wake up in a cold sweat and don't know why, you know, when it happens in the middle of the night. So uh, call it what you want, whether it's divine intervention or just a a sixth sense, I think you might've had something like that, you know, with your son's passing Um, question I have, if you can, if you could walk us through what is described by the police report and what happened, like who all was in the jeep at the time?
1: Okay, my son, my son. They say he was just was the driver. Takira May was the passenger. Okay. Um, Charles Gaston and Jeremy Patterson was in the back seat.
0: And who who are those related to um your son?
1: My son did not know them. My son met them through Takira May, and. And um Justin didn't didn't even know that Sakura May was secretly in a relationship with um Charles Gaston.
0: Okay, so yeah. so she was the one that met him, came to your house, you know, he's kind of like smitten by and then those two were they were they at that uh music video as well prior?
1: No, they did not come to Atlanta with Justin and her. Just oh. she Takira May is the only one who came to Atlanta that week before Justin, those couple of days before Justin paid.
0: Got gotcha. you. Okay.
1: So, um, and my, my oldest son, Brian, said it was something weird because every move Justin made, Takira May was there. She was there every move he made. and she, He said that Justin had almost $27,000, and he said, Brian, keep my money for me. He said Justin I'm not keeping that money for you. I'm not I'm not going to do that. He said he said Justin kept trying to get him to keep a large amount of money that he had in a duffel bag. Mm-hmm. So he,
0: was that savings yeah. from his his job or the you know um what he was hired to do or
1: No, I'm I'm going to be honest and uh that was drug money because mm-hmm. Justin had so many pounds of marijuana. And other things as well, mm-hmm. and he had uh, a lot of multiple guns
3: mm-hmm.
1: as well.
0: Okay, was he so, was he was he gang affiliated? No. Okay. No, he was not. So he was just running his own little ring or or uh, business side hustle, right?
1: Yes, because it had, it was to the place that was so comfortable for him. So he was selling on his job and you know, even when he just needs to work for the railroad, uh, train, the railroad track too. And the supervisors didn't even have a problem. And, um, and some of those was his best customers and, <laughs> you know, so.
0: Well, yeah. Um, when you, when you're in that business, you know, and you're, you know, t- taking care of those like, you know, strip joints and things like that. I mean, if you're, if you're only selling weed, I mean, that's, pretty mild compared to what can go down at a strip club. I mean, the kind of drugs that they could sell. So he could have been into deeper stuff. So the fact that he's selling marijuana in the day and age that we live in, where marijuana is not as, you know, um, uh, what do we call it? Dangerous to sell, I want to say, as, mm-hmm. as, it, as it used to be, you know, mm-hmm. it, you know, compared to if he was slanging cocaine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I understand. There's still obviously money in it, but it's been so commercialized over the last few years.
2: Yeah, I was, I was going to say, it seemed like uh, Justin had a, a, a hunch of something wasn't right based on his behavior. You said earlier that morning he hugged you really tight and was trying to give his his brother to hold the money. It seemed like he had a, a hunch of something wasn't right. Yes. And um, so when, even when Justin
1: went to the nightclub that night, I talked to the security that was there. And the security say Justin had tried to bring in three guns. And he said, he told Justin, Justin, you know you can't bring those guns. And he said, man, I know. He said, my bad, I'm sorry. You know, he said, and Justin never did that before. He said, Justin worked for him for many times, but Justin never did that. Tried to bring guns on him in the, in the club. Mm-hmm. So um, some of the, because I, I talked on somebody's business and people had inboxed her and was telling her that um, she was a stripper, there was a stripper that night at the club and said that that girl had spiked those boys' drink. And they even told, which the head security did say, he said, Justin's eyes just did not look right. He said, oh. it was it was something different about Justin. So Justin did take a picture of Snapchat and he didn't look the same. I still have that photo of Justin that he took in Snapchat. And those two boys, they had took videos of Justin all that day and and was posting them, but Justin was never looking in the camera. So I'm like, why are they doing pictures and, and just love the video, just love the camera. He's a cameraman. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you not doing these pictures? And he's not aware of them. So one girl, Tamara Ebony, who even went on the news and told, she told the news that she was Justin's cousin. Erin Ewan, who rented the Jeep, was on the news too. They went on the news before I could make it to Mobile. And we knew Tammy from... um From church and we knew Erin because she used to come down here and pick up packages for Justin and take them back and she would sell you know different packages for Justin in Mobile so I'm like why did y'all get on the news why did y'all get on the news and say y'all was Justin's cousin and y'all know y'all not Justin's cousin I said Mm -hmm. why did y'all lie Mm -hmm. so these two girls was at the they was went on the railroad track taking pictures and they said they uh, felt like something was wrong. So I even said something to the detective Joshua Pounds about that. He said that was, um, wasn't a crime scene. They could have been out there taking pictures. But I remember when me and my family, because we wanted to know what happened. I couldn't, mm-hmm. see, I couldn't see Justin body that Sunday when I got there, I had mm-hmm. to wait till they put uh, transfer his body to the funeral home that I chose. So while I was waiting on them to transfer Justin Baby, Tamara Abner and Erin Yuen was standing outside the hospital, and they had been up there to see Takira May. I said, "Why are y'all here?" And they told me what room that Takira May was in. And mm-hmm. me and my family, me, and my sister, two of Justin Baby mamas, and my niece, we went to visit Takira May. And when we went to visit her, she was doing a GoFundMe account. I said, "Why are you doing a GoFundMe account?" I said, "Take that down. We don't need nothing for Justin." Mm-hmm. She said, well, this was for the dog. My sister made this." I said, "Take take it down."
0: Yeah, that's that's highly uh, offensive. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's you guys haven't even gotten any kind of answers yet, and she's already doing a GoFundMe. Yes. So, so oh, go ahead. Sorry.
1: So we went in the hospital, she just kept calling Justin, that nigga did this, that nigga, but she never said what he did.
0: Mm.
1: He, her grandmother said, stop calling him out his name and respect the dead. Respect him, he's dead. Yeah. So she got to kick in her feet, and I moved, it was just God had me to move the sheet. I moved the sheet from her legs, and she didn't, her ankles weren't broke. Her ankles weren't swollen. She didn't have on no cast. She didn't have on no boots. She didn't have on anything. So I'm like, but her sister and her got on the news and said she had two broken ankles, a broke back, broke spine, and collapsed mom. That was not true.
0: Well, let's talk about Takiri here for a minute. Um, so you're saying so the report has the four in the vehicle, correct? Mm-hmm and they're traveling down at what speed at that point cuz set this up for us as far as the the accident in question um okay. as they as they what highway are they going down and what happens to the vehicle
1: okay in mobile if you come he's coming from the Theodore tillmans corner area he's coming from that way and it's exit 22 that's the DIP exit Mm -hmm. So when the detective called, when he was on the phone, when uh, Justin dad was on the phone with me, he had no compassion or nothing. Mm -hmm. He said, your son was going a hundred and something miles. He went around the curve. His body flew out the rooftop and bam, the Jeep caught a fire. I said, if the Jeep caught on fire, you know, that's my son. Mm hmm. Your son was outside laying by the rocks, by the railroad track, and he's about to only one and get burnt. Talking to me like that. And you tell me my son did, but that's how you're talking to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, the police, the police, the, they say Justin was going 100 plus miles, and she said Justin was drunk, but Justin was working at night, and Justin had worked plenty of jobs. And nobody never said just Justin Mm -hmm. smoked weed. He smoked plenty of weed, but Justin wasn't no drink. Mm -hmm. So you say that Justin was going 100 plus miles down the interstate. His Jeep went around the curb, X 22. It flipped over the bridge. His body flew out the rooftop and landed 50 feet down onto the gravel. At the railroad track. Mind you, and I got photos. Justin didn't have a scratch on his face. Justin didn't have a he wasn't busted. He wasn't disfigured. I showed Justin about it at the at the grave, at the front yeah, Justin that, just looked uh, like he was asleep.
0: That that's a question I have right there, too. Okay, so <clears throat> the, looking at the bridge from what I've seen, um, it's you know, the interstate it kind of curves right there. The there wasn't too much damage to the overall bridge or any kind of skid marks you know and the vehicle went over the side it landed on the railroad tracks correct me if i'm wrong it was hit by a train correct yes yeah so so the vehicle and if it wasn't on fire already was hit after the landing on the railroad tracks because the railroad tracks was below the bridge that was why the bridge was there in the first place um did they say the jeep landed on its top or was it on a side or front, or how, how did it land on the tracks?
1: Okay, from the police report <clears throat> from Detective Joshua Pounds, even he uh the girls who was with them had said y'all gotta take an autopsy or just and find out the truth because they knew what happened as well. Okay. He told Tamara Abney, who was the cousin, who lied and said she was the cousin, mm. he told them that it was skid marks on the bridge and that jeep went down face down so you saying the jeep went down face down but Takira May tell the how did you know it went face down if the train hit it so Takira May told the news that she put on her seatbelt as the jeep was going over the bridge I don't know how she had that much power and strength to do that as a vehicle started breaking, some most of the seat belts seatbelt's locked. So you say you was putting on your seatbelt, the Jeep was going over the bridge, and you was able to muscle up enough strength just in time before the train hit it, and it caught a fire. The police report that I have says that train conductor said the Jeep was already on fire. So who put that Jeep on fire? Who killed
0: those boys? Yeah. Now, now she says it went face down, which is the <clears throat> which is the hood first, correct? Yes. And she's sitting next to your son in the passenger seat, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. So if it goes face down, the brunt of the the I mean, again, you're falling from a, almost a two story drop onto the railroad track, supposedly at 100 miles per hour. Um, if you you know. The thing in question here is, okay, they're saying on the on the report that Justin is ejected from the car. And if he's flying at that high rate of speed and if even if he's ejected once the the vehicle makes contact with the guardrail and say let's just say he was shot out the front windshield. That's a big man. I don't think he's going to fly through the windshield. I don't think he could fit through even with a Jeep front end, through the windshield and then fly that distance and not have a, a closed casket funeral. There would be severe damage to her son. And then okay. cu- couple that, it, let's just say Takira's story is correct and the truck and the Jeep hits the railroad track face first. She's doing some matrix stuff with l- like literally seconds to get that seatbelt. I mean, you can't react that fast.
2: I agree. The gravitational pull too, wouldn't allow her to even maneuver the seatbelt too uh, buckle in within seconds because it's only seconds before she lands. So and, that... and,
0: cor- and correct me if oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Matt.
2: No, I'm just saying that seemed very far fetched.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. You what? What's the damage you would think of her? Even if she were to have her seatbelt on and she did that Matrix stuff, what's what's going to prevent her from not dying on impact with that straight smash yeah. into the railroad tracks?
2: Even crushed.
0: Yeah, and then so you you mean to tell me she survives that dramatic crash? with not but a scrape on her basically or she's just in the hospital for observation it seems and the two gentlemen that were in the back seat which have a greater chance of survival on a head-on collision to the railroad tracks they die on impact yes
1: they say they bodies got burned beyond recognition one i think jeremy jeremy passing his face his head didn't get burned. oh but the rest of his body did and um they was they say that their bodies was clamped to the jeep yeah, guess in
0: a so so they were melted or they were they were stuck like like fused yeah wow okay
1: so um in in mind you um just had a three-month-old pit oh, the puppy didn't die really the
0: Oh, see, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. I didn't, I didn't hear about that. So, so the, the dog itself is fine. Where, where was, where was the dog in all this when the, when the police got there?
1: And that's what I told her. I said, what was sweetie? I said, what Justin dog was, the dog was up under Justin feet. I said, <sighs> I said sweetie was up under Justin feet and she not fly behind Justin or get boogled up in the car. I said, the pressure, the water pressure, from the fire department should have killed her if the fire didn't kill her. Mm-hmm. So, um, the news that put Sweetie on the news and um, Jamaica is just um uh, son's mother. She went and paid $307 and we got Sweetie back. So um, come back, the chief but said there was no dog. There was a dog. You can't find that nothing about the dog on the news. You can't find that clipping of Tamara Evan and Aaron Ewan speaking, saying that they was his cousin. You can't find that on the news. Have a news clipping they clip off when the when the sister Angel said that Takira may walk for a whole hour. They have but you can go on YouTube and find the whole the video.
0: <clears throat> so but, Um not to interrupt, but so so the dog was then picked up by what is it uh spca sort of like the you know the animal control
1: yeah because they say when the dog got to the when the jeep got to the pound to the wrecker Mm
0: -hmm.
3: they
1: heard they say they heard the dog barking they heard the dog say Mm -hmm. so when they heard the dog that's when they got the dog and called called the pound to
0: come and get it did sweetie have a a caller
1: um, yeah, I think Sweetie did have a collar. When, I think when she
0: did, when she was when she was recouped by um, by who was who it again? Your 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 daughter? Oh, oh no, the, the the baby mama, right?
1: Uh huh. I don't think no, Sweetie didn't because when she brought Sweetie, uh, when we all got to see Sweetie for the first time, she didn't have a collar on her.
0: See, that's that's another red flag right there. She should have had her collar. They shouldn't. First off, they shouldn't have picked her up. Cause she had a, that, that means the collar was purposely removed. Yep. So, uh, okay. So, so again, the Jeep hits the tracks. The story from there is your son is ejected, um, to Tamera to or how, how do you say her name again? Takira. T- T- Takira exited the vehicle and she says what the, the, the Jeep's on, uh, not on fire yet.
1: She did the Jeep wasn't on fire. She said her exact words, she said when the Jeep landed, she muscled up enough strength to get out of the Jeep. And she went to the boys and because the boys was, I guess they was making moaning sound. They was she said they was alive. This is what she said on the news. Mm -hmm. She said once um she seen the train coming, she got out of the way just in time before the train hit the jeep and it caught a fire
0: okay have, have you had an opportunity besides the report of the engineer to ask if he possibly saw um, your son's body off to the side and saw Takira maybe crawling out before impact because um, you said that the jeep was uh, he, he said that the jeep was already on fire so that's already contradicting her side of the story mm-hmm so what was the uh, engineer actually interviewed or did you get a chance to get his name? Maybe.
1: Well, all of that is on the police report. And I reached out to him and he told me that he couldn't talk to me about anything. So I asked him, <clears throat> excuse me. So I asked him for his supervisor uh, mm-hmm. name and number. And I called her and um, I her know who I was and told her Justin was my son. And I was like, um, you know, the stories are not matching from what she say to what's, you know, on this police report. I said, how did y'all know that Jeep was on fire? She said the the train have a camera. She Ooh. said it have a camera on it. Yes. Everything, yes, everything was recorded.
0: Okay. Um, have, have you, so did you request the video?
1: Yes, and, and also the it's a business down there that's big enough to open wide enough for a Jeep, because a Jeep is made for that kind of stuff, to go up over a hill. And um, I asked the owners when I, you know, was asking for permission to go back there.
3: Mm-hmm. He
1: told me that the police came and got different clippings of the video for that night. But he couldn't give them to me. Mm. So <clears throat> even when, because Chief Lawrence Batiste was in office at that time, and I, act, I even asked him for my son, the pictures, sh- let me see what my son looked like on the scene. He refused to show them to me. He um, he refused to, I t- it took me almost two years to talk to, to Chief Lawrence Batiste. And the reason why I got a chance to speak to him when I talked to him is because a friend of mine, um, she knew him personally and Kim reached out to him and she set up everything and I went back to Mobile. And um, a week later, he called Kim back into the office. He said, that mama just wants money. And he showed her a picture of Justin on the scene. I said, well, Kim, what my son look like? She said, his pants was to his ankles. I said, did he have him a shirt? She said, no, I could just remember seeing his boxers. Mm. I said, why did he show you the pictures and want to show them to me? He said, she wanted, you wouldn't have wanted to see those pictures. I said, yes, I did, because Justin is my son. I said, yeah. yes, I did. So I called Chief Batiste, and he's not in office now. He got another position. I've been trying to get in touch with um, Chief Paul Prime, but every time I called the secretary, she hang up in my face when she found out who I am. So um, I told him, I said, I want to see those pictures. And he kept saying he was going to get his secretary to make an appointment so I could come back to Atlanta again, Mobile again to see him, but he never did. And now, even if I call him off the cell phone, and I still got the messages in my phone. He just said, "I call you back. I call you back." And the statute, this the statute of limitation had ran out. It, it had been past two years, so I didn't understand what he was talking about about money. I just want justice. For yeah. him.
0: What
2: What day and year did this uh, happen? April twenty eighth, twenty nineteen.
0: Yes, it's not, this is not too long ago so um, before we uh, I had a couple questions here um, so you had that access road from that company that the jeep could have came down obviously being a jeep like you said it's made for off road it could have off road it with that theory in mind again was there when you went to the scene did you see any leftover tire tread marks was there damage to the bridge
1: no I seen somebody had made a marking and it had rest in peace justin but mm-hmm. two other boys was killed that night so it's just like they just did something for justin and when I went there it was like from twenty to thirty red bandanas down there.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm like what
1: are all these bandanas
0: are for so, so also there wasn't any like so so there was no chunk of concrete missing on the bridge correct like no no, like black paint from the because the jeep was black, correct?
1: It was tan, kind of oh, tan.
0: Okay, so there was no paint markings, no nothing on the side of the of the bridge because if if look, I've seen car accidents before. I I did a, a few things for for the morgue at one point, and um, when there's collisions on the freeway, I mean you'll see like even if it hits a concrete barrier and bounces off, there's paint marks. There's chunks of the concrete missing if it goes through it you'll see extensive damage to the vehicle and also to the concrete um the picture i saw there's really no there's no damage so you mean to tell me that you know the the jeep just hits a a jump button and it goes over the the barrier i mean there's too many inconsistencies and then also describe her you know you already said Takira getting out of the vehicle just prior to the train coming Mm-hmm. What does she do and describe uh, what what her uh, her events is or, or or what she does just after the vehicle is struck?
1: OK, she said that she walked for an hour to get some help, but the police report because the man from the train, the train conductor is the one called 911.
0: Yeah, he stops and, the train right away, correct?
1: See, I don't I don't know that part. I don't know whether he stopped it, but I know when he hit the Jeep, mm-hmm. he called 911. So um she said she muscled up enough strength to get out just in time before the Jeep hit. And the detective Joshua Pounds on the police report, he said he was there in five minutes. So why did you walk for an hour if the detective was there in five minutes? Doesn't make sense. You and
0: it doesn't when- make sense, too, because a train, <clears throat> when it makes contact, my, my dad's into trains, like, you know, Matt knows, and, and he's watched many videos. He has some engineers and that are um, his friends, and they say it's not uh, if you're going to hit somebody, it's when you hit somebody. And protocol for uh, engineers, when they make contact with a person or a vehicle, they're supposed to hit the emergency brakes, and it usually takes them about a half mile to stop a full freight train. So stopping automatically is probably what that engineer did uh, as soon as he made contact. And like you said, he makes the phone call right away. Five minutes. Why would you need to walk an hour for help? If you know, the train's going to stop. If she has all them injuries, <laughs> I mean a broken spine who can walk with a broken spine
1: and two broken ankles.
0: Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense at all.
1: And then right across the street is a Exxon, that's lit up twenty four hours, and a waffle house that's lit up twenty four hours,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and this girl' residence was five minutes from that scene. Oh,
0: so okay. why
1: did you walk an hour? And
0: huh. and there was onlookers right from those two f- businesses that came to the bridge, because obviously when you when you hear something like that, you're gonna mm-hmm. you know gravitate to it.
1: Yeah, and people that um, it was some people that stayed around that area. They said they did hear something when they heard the train, but it seemed like they they said with the jeep falling, we should have heard. Nobody heard that, you know. Um, some people say they didn't hear nothing at all. So I just mm. I just don't understand. I just don't understand why they let her get away with in that detective get away with this lie.
0: But here, yeah, there's, there's some. Okay, so there's a couple things I want to circle back to, and and jump in whenever you want, Matt, as well. Um, the thing that, that that bothers me, Matt, about this is, um, the fact that they're not able to get video from, you know, like you said, like she said, the statute of limitations has run up. It should be public record now. They should turn that stuff over to her, and also <clears throat> the video from the the engineer perspective would make a huge difference because then in the video you can kind of pause those are probably newer engines they have better video you could kind of see right before impact what's going on and if they're able to see that you know with a with a jeep not on fire yet that would make a huge difference because that would wipe away her lies maybe she's on camera just off to the side you know uh there's some things that need to be seen. Like my recommendation would be to hire a private investigator to push, to get this video in your possession and, and hire a lawyer as well. Um, There you have every right to view the pictures and also the video. That's um, if they're calling it an accident, you have every right to pursue closure in this situation and, and also to investigate.
1: Yes. And, and and that's what I'm doing now because I like a year ago, a year and something ago, I had um I had said I'm okay, I'm gonna get a autopsy done, get my own autopsy done. Mm-hmm. In which my original plans was to bring Justin back to Georgia because at this point I don't trust nobody in Mobile. I don't, I don't trust nobody. Mm-hmm. And um, I had seen that the district attorney, Ashley Rich, had led me for so many months. She misled me and told me that they had this case about an investigation and told me that forensic science in Mobile had did an autopsy on Justin, and they didn't. When I got the paperwork back, it was just an examination. So all that time, I was sitting you know, it was just to make me quiet, to shut me up, to make me think that they was doing um, a, an autopsy and investigation. I have all the paperwork that she sent me, and uh, I've reached out to Steve Marshall, who is the attorney general in Montgomery. He told me everything was left up until to Chief Batiste what he wanted to do, Lawrence Batiste. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess Chief Lawrence Batiste felt like he didn't want to do an investigation. That's why he didn't do it. But um, I had I had said, well, me and my daughter, we all got together and found out how much it was going to cost to exhume just body and what was the protocol to do it. So when I went there and paid the cemetery um, $4,475, they told me they said, "Well, Miss McCreary, it got to get approved through the health department and the sheriff department." So in that time, I was just waiting, and uh, I went to the Azalea and Lyman Funeral Home, who originally funeralized Justin, and seen, you know, what the tape was to do what everything the process mm-hmm. to do to um, to have his body exhumed and brought back here. So when I went there. Carl Bell and his uh, assistant, Tiffany Cole, was there. And they took me and my daughter in a room. They said, well, I know a doctor that's come highly recommended. I said, well, you know, Justin has been buried now almost two years. I said, I want an expert who know what to look for and know what they're doing to, you know, to do an autopsy on Justin.
0: To get, a, to- said, to get a toxicology at least, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So he said that, no, that now let me tell you about that. They gave me a toxicology report and the toxicology was, report said he was way over the alcohol limit and they said that he had some marijuana in his system mm-hmm. and then the death certificate said he didn't have no tobacco in his system. Wow. So... The toxicology, I mean, the death certificate also state they never had an autopsy. So why did Ashley Rich, the uh, the district attorney in Mobile, why did she lead me to believe that they was waiting on an autopsy and he never had one?
0: Hmm.
1: From day one. He never had one.
0: So they could, so they, the toxicology was fudged. Yes. Okay. And going so, back to going back to the funeral real quick when he was there you had an open casket um Mm -hmm. you know uh we had a a friend of ours in the past um had a son who was shot in the head and and murdered um they were you know obviously able to have an open casket for him which is which is hard to do when someone's shot in the head i mean you know they they kind of put his favorite hat on him or whatever like that to kind of mask the damage of the of the gunshot wound Mm -hmm. um with your son you didn't see anything noticeable because obviously you're you're very close up to the casket wanting to hold his hand or you know touch him for the last time
1: well well at the funeral home when i seen him that very next day that monday
3: mm-hmm.
1: he had uh gashes in the back of his head well mm-hmm. like a gash your gash your hair a patch of hair was missing in the back of justin's head mm-hmm. so
3: well,
1: um because i took pictures of Justin in the funeral home that very next day as well mm-hmm. i have those pictures too and um because it just something wasn't right it it just didn't sit right it wasn't right
0: cuz where he landed obviously on a railroad track area you have a lot of jagged rocks um it's you know it's uh is that sort of like cuz the picture i saw of that bridge there's like a wooded area too as well mm-hmm. to the yep. side so he would have had a lot more damage than what you're describing if he was flown.
1: Yes. And, um, and I just, I took pictures of him, you know, in the funeral home that very next day, that Monday. And, um, and Chief Batiste was so surprised. He said, what do you get those pictures from? I said, I took them myself. I said, I took these pictures of Justin, but he still refused to give me the pictures that he had of Justin on the scene. So when Carl Bell and Tiffany Cole, they said, use this, um, use this pathology. See, they had already knew that I was gonna get justin an X soon. Mm-hmm. And he, and they said, use this pathologist, he's real good. He come highly recommended. Um so he called Dr. Shaker's on the on the on his phone, on the speaker phone. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Shaker's like, yeah, I can do it, you know, I can do it. So Call Bell. The funeral home owner walks out of the room, and he come back. He walked out two times talking to Doctor. Adele Shakers, and they go up on a price for me two times. So I'm like, "You keep going up. This gonna cost me more than it would have cost to bring Justin to Atlanta." Yeah. And he was like, "Well, this a final cost. This a final." He came. He went up a thousand dollars twice. Wow. Yeah. So he said, uh, "This the final. This the final." You know. So they got me papers. I signed the autopsy uh, papers, and um, you know, we're getting the permission to do it. And it's supposed to provide me pictures that they taken and and video footage. I never got none of that stuff. And when I compared, I was when I got that report back from Doctor Shakers, I said something don't seem right. Mm-hmm. When we had an autopsy on my mom, I knew she was sick. They told us her head, weight, everything. They they just went into detail. Mm -hmm. So I I compared Dr. Shaker's paperwork to what and science and mobile gave me. They was exactly alike. So I'm like, they matched word for word almost. So I got the pathologist here in Georgia to look over the paperwork and so happened he had worked there in Mobile, in the forensic science and he taught, he was a teacher. He worked there for multiple years before he moved to Georgia. He said, Ms. McCray, I'm sorry sorry to tell you. He said, this is not an autopsy. He said, this is an exam. He said, and I Googled that doctor. He said, you need to Google him too. So I said, Dr. Downs, what's wrong? He said, no, Google him and call me back. So I Googled Dr. Shaker's. And when I Googled him, he had like 17 fraud autopsies. He had one murder cover up where he was trying to do an autopsy on a patient while they was in a coma. And I called Dr. Shaker, Dr. Downs back. And I'm like, I can't believe this. He said, Mm -hmm. Yeah. He said, so now you you're another victim to him. So no. I called Carbell and I said, why did you recommend that doctor to me? I said, we're well, seeing his case like that. You know, he's like, Well, I didn't know he was like that, didn't, you know, he had all that on his record. I said, but you cut you say he come highly recommended and you knew of him. So he brushed me off and I called him numerous of times and he, he never would respond to me, never would answer the phone. So I end up talking to Corman Chandler, who Dr. Dale Shaker sent to Mobile to do work on Justin with him. So when I talked to her, well, my sister went when they exhumed Justin by the because I didn't want to see them dig my son back up. So she said, Burke said, wonder, the lady here, she with Jojo. That's Joseph Bonham. I said, mm-hmm. "What Jojo doing there?" I said, "Because I didn't pay Jojo, he didn't go to his funeral home. Why is Jojo there?" And Jojo is um he owns a funeral home and he had multiple char- charges on him for burying corpse without a casket and burying multiple corpses in one gravesite.
0: Mm, yeah, it's uh, that's highly, highly illegal and very disrespectful. I know he could face uh, pretty good. Pretty good time for stuff like that because it's basically um, giving extra money to the funeral home, you know, when mm-hmm. you're doing stuff like that.
1: So she said, "Wonder this lady trying to do just an autopsy out here at the gravesite. I said, how's she going to do an autopsy at the gravesite? She said, well, they would to open up his casket. I see him. And I said, I, to- I told my sister, I said, tell her to close Justin's casket and take him back to the funeral home. Or where are they gonna do his autopsy? I said, tell her to close up Justin's Casket. So she did. And um, so I ended up getting a chance months later. I got a chance to talk to Corman. And Corman, I got, I have a recorder of Corman as well. Mm-hmm. And Corman told me they didn't do an autopsy. She said, I said, well, I want to know his broken bone. She said, that corner home is not equipped for that. He said, she said he couldn't do that. She said, and I feel like, she said, I'm just telling you the truth. She said it was wrong for what they did and they shouldn't have killed your money. So later, even when I talked to JoJo, Joe's a he told me, he said, Miss McCreer, tell them to show you pictures and videos of Justin. And they couldn't provide that. So when I called Dr. Shakers and I told him I had another pathologist look at his work, he was angry. He was mad. I can't believe you let another doctor look at my work. And I said, I want to see the pictures. I said, because something is not right with this. You tell that doctor to give me a release form. You tell him to send me a release form when you sign. So I did that. I called Dr. Downs and Dr. Downs sent him the paperwork. Got a down, sent me an email. He said, Ms. McCreary, all these, all these pictures are out of focus and blurry, and I can't tell what they are. Oh. So I, um, I found out from the district attorney in Texas, they told me it's against the law to even do um, autopsy at a funeral home, said Alabama and Texas got the same laws. So when now I am even you know, going through court, because they went on the news, called Bell told the news that he was going to give me my money back. But when it came down to it, Dr. Dale Shakers told me, he said, well, Miss McCreary, I only received $5,000. He said, I sent the $5,000 to Carl Bell. He said, I didn't even know you hadn't received the money. He said, I thought- this was over with and he gave you the money back. I said, no, he refused to give me the cashier's check that you sent. He just sent me a picture of it showing that he had it in his possession. He'd been having it since August of this year. Mm -hmm. So, Carl Bell said, the only way you get this cashier's check and the money that I owe, you got to sign paperwork saying that you drop all the charges. I said, I'm not going to do that because y'all committed a federal crime. That's a federal crime y'all committed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it was originally supposed to went to court next year in July. So what Carl Bell lawyer have done? He didn't speeded it up to go to court so it could be dismissed. He wanted he want to have it all dismissed before it can go to trial. So now I'm working on finding a male lawyer to represent me because I did go in. Before the statute of limitation ran up, October the twenty first of this year, I went and put in my own lawsuit against Carl Bell and Doctor Shakers.
0: hmm And reading, uh, you know, the link that you sent me earlier, and then looking it up myself, he's he's been uh, indicted on seventeen counts of practicing med- medicine in violation of uh, Texas codes, and uh, he was, I think, this was on in April. 2022 um, he's facing a $50,000 bond when I, he might've paid that to get out already, but uh, he's facing $850,000 of fines. His license has been revoked. So it's a shady practitioner right there. So I'm glad you're, you're suing him or at least, you know, uh, trying to get your money back as well as probably some penalties and fines and things like that. Um, I Like I said, again, I would recommend getting a, Um, private investigator to go along with all this because um, needs I think he or she needs to look into Takira as well because tell Matt about the pictures Takira took uh, following the accident.
2: Yeah I was going to ask you like whatever happened to her like after the okay so
1: like um, it was three weeks probably less than three weeks Um, just in Baby mama Jamaica, because she, she's well known for doing hair in, in, in mobile. So mm-hmm. a lot of people was gravitating Jamaica and sending her these pictures and showing Jamaica nothing went wrong with that girl. Jamaica said, we already knew that because we went in, we went to see her in the hospital. So Jamaica started sending me all the pictures that people were sending her off to cure made Instagram. So um she was on a boat. In Miami, less than three weeks, she was saying she was living her best life. She showed photos of where she went and um, bought a whole new wardrobe from uh, different states to state, and she had posted *Acrimony*. She connected that with one of her pictures. And *Acrimony*, if y'all don't know that movie, that's where Roger P. Henson playing Tyler Perry with a lover that did not want her. But she she set him up to get killed. But mm-hmm. she ended, she ended up getting killed. But it's a lover that did not want her. And that's the same thing with her and Justin. He did not want her. So, um, and we learned about her history that she has, and this is what she told me and my family. She said, I've been involved with six different murders and God still spared me. She didn't even call she didn't even call Justin Death an
0: accident. She said murder. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this uh, there's some connection there with somebody. Uh exactly yeah I mean this this uh, this woman doesn't care. she's I think she's too if you if if you were to press her the right way with uh you know hounding her via like I said private investigator or something, I have a feeling she's gonna crack or make a mistake because if she's already spouting off stupid references that are incriminating or at least eyebrow raising, she's gonna crack at some point, especially with that picture you sent me um she's sitting on the edge of the boat Matt, and there's not a scratch on her. She looks like she's trying to be an Instagram model.
2: Yep. That's it. And right now, yeah, she didn't have no broken back. And I had a high ankle sprain, and I couldn't walk on that thing for a couple of weeks. So with a broken ankle and you walked an hour,
0: yeah, not buying it. Yeah, and don't forget uh, her spine was uh, messed up as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, here, here's another thing I want to say on that, though, like – with with everything that you know this woman has stated the money the the duffel bag That's whatever what, oh go ahead did
2: you know about Justin's you know how much money he had at that time she knew I, about... knew
1: I knew Justin had a large amount of money but I didn't know the amount of money that he had but I just knew about twenty thousand dollars because his brother said something to me about it. And he even told he was showing me his um on on his Facebook, you know what, and then all this happened and Brian just got off social media, you know, because people contacted him. And he had kept a, well that girl, Takira May, sent him a different number, like it was a New York number. And she was she kept trying to get at Justin, even through his brother on Facebook. And she was sending different numbers for Justin to call. And all the numbers that she had gave, and the number that she had called out of my phone, I had gave that stuff to the detectives. You know, to ask them, could y'all, you know, look into this to see is it a text, is a call, is it something that you could find even through Justin's phone? And they would not do that. But um, this girl, she, she, they call her the setup girl, in Mm -hmm. Mobile, because even when Justin friends. Who house he had went to, another guy had came and they was in their Jeep. And Justin was dropping some moonwalk off to, to the to this guy. And he was telling me, he said, my homeboy had called Justin and told Justin, Justin man, that's a setup girl. They call her the setup girl in Mobile. And oh. say so Justin said, Oh, I'm gonna be fine. I'm gonna be all right. He just he just thought he was gonna be okay.
0: So she had she had a reputation of being that woman you don't want to trust like that black widow, you know, like, um, oh, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate because maybe she's telling the truth she's telling on herself, like sort of when you have a little child near and you're, and you're you, you walk into a room and you see like a mess and you're like, Hey, what did, what did you do? Oh, I didn't knock that flower pot over and the dirt's all over the ground. Like they kind of tell you with, without telling you, and she's mm-hmm. over there telling you that, hey, you know, I've been a part of six murders. It's like, that's something you don't want to brag about, but it's right. something, you know.
2: My um, question, one, one last question for me. Um, you mentioned that um, in the pictures at the crime scene, at the scene, they said that uh, his pants was at his ankles. Did any of it, did, did he have any of his possessions with him, like his wallet or his duffel bag or anything like that? Did they, was that there at the scene?
1: Yeah, I know was there, but and I know that they went in his phone because Detective Joshua Pounds told me, he said, I found some disturbing stuff in Justin's cell phone. I said, well, what did you find? But he never would share with me. And it took I thought they were just still having the phone to do investigation. And mm-hmm. when I got down to it, it took me a year and a half, and I found out they auctioned it off. I said, when you start auctioning oh. off a cell phone?
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! Well, they auctioned off a personal possession right there of your son's. Yep,
1: they auctioned. That's,
0: that's oh, yeah. Highly illegal. Mm-hmm. That—that's why. Again, you—you need—you need absolutely. I mean, I almost want to start a GoFundMe here now for for you to get a private investigator.
1: <laughs> I, that would be good. That I would love that
0: because because this is this is uh that's highly illegal you cannot those possessions should be returned to you obviously and, and you know uh, as being the mother uh nothing should be auctioned off and especially if it's a uh, um if it's an accident why are they holding on to it when that's when it's I, oh, I'm oh sorry go ahead matt
2: that's what i'm going to say if this was a, if it was supposedly an accident number 1 why would they do what uh, why would they auction it off and number 2 when you were asking questions, why were they so reluctant to give you answers if it's an accident? you get and, what give, I'm saying?
0: and give other people the answers that she was asking for prior? exactly so th- there's some there's something there, and, and like Matt was saying, like where d- did they ever tell you what happened to the duffel bag? Was that money ever recouped?
1: Well, no, they didn't say that That was recovered. so um a couple of months, not too long ago one of Takira made friends of ten years. So I, I guess they had a falling off. She um I contacted her. Me and her, she contacted me through Facebook. And I called I called her. And she told me, she said by she was friends with um Charles Gaston. And Charles Gaston is the darker skinned guy. She She said, his mama is on lower Facebook asking for her son's phone. She said, and you sitting up here with his phone in the hospital, because she said, because Justin had two cell phones. Uh, Her friend said when she got there, Takira May had three phones in her hospital bed. They would be in charge. And they was friends for 10 years. She said, Takira May pulled out a duffel bag. She said, oh, yeah. and he had money, it had drugs, it had guns in it. I said, Are oh, you see? I said, why you won't go to the police? She said, Well, if you come back down here, I will go to the police with you and tell them my statement. But when I got ready to call the girl again, I never could get her to, you know, to make assurance that she was gonna be there because I've been to Mobile. Probably about 20 times since this happened to Justin. So <clears throat> I had, but I did record her. And um she said, she said she had everything in that duffel bed. She said she was laughing about how she was coming up. And her uncle, Takira May uncle, Ruben May, people had told me, they said he's selling Justin clothes on. Facebook and what? Justin, had, yeah, Justin had just. They say he he's in the bottom. They call it the bottom in Mobile, and he said, and Justin had just went on shopping spree here in Georgia, and Justin had brought all the stuff to my house because that's why I knew the stuff was new. I said, Justin, you spent two thousand dollars on the pair of shoe. I said, bought about ten Bell for that, <laughs> and you know, I'm just looking at the stuff he had, and um, it was. He went to Lennox Mall. He had a lot of expensive stuff. So even the, the clothes, they had a cheat. Who helped you do that? Who helped you get all that stuff? You know, how was you able to get all that stuff out of there?
0: But her, oh go ahead.
1: But her uncle sold just some clothes on Facebook.
2: So mm. they all in on this. Mm-hmm. What,
0: it, what and, it oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: And come to find out, they were kind of family they are. They are so all,
0: all related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's her sister, that's her mom's brother. That's her mom's brother. Mm-hmm. So, because even the sister, her sister, how did you know Justin was deceased? And the hospital did not know. Yeah. Her mom. How did you go to how did you go to Justin's baby mom how did you know that Justin was deceased exactly how did y'all know
0: now if um anyone looks up um, the picture of the vehicle that landed on the railroad tracks it's um it's hard to believe anyone could survive the impact on the railroad track if that's the way the jeep yeah, that, that, if that's how it happened first off and number two after it was hit by the train I mean you know it just there's so many questions and like for me when she's talking about the detective why would you need a detective on a, on a car accident you would actually have um, a what is it called a uh, you wouldn't have an, uh, what is it a homicide detective you would have a um, accident detective you know mm-hmm handling it and there's something to this that just that it's super fishy in so many ways Matt what is what is your take I mean unless there's any other details you've left out so far um, is you know we kind of want to give our takes on, on what we believe happened and, and Matt do you want to take the first crack at it or should I
2: I honestly think she set him up and it was he, he didn't fall over no bridge I don't think that I think that She was uh, either she called someone and they met him up there and probably murdered all three and then and then ran the car into uh, the train tracks or something like that or or parked it there after they were already murdered and then a lot. And then a train hit it. I think they they murdered them prior to and then just left it on the train tracks.
0: I have to agree uh, with the bodies burn beyond recognition. Um, they may have, and it may have been one of those things. Like if there was the, to- if the toxicology report, she can get her hands on it and find out exactly what was in her son's system. I think that's the, that's the key and the answer to all to all of this, because say, for instance, there's a hallucinogenic drug or a drug that or chloroform, something like that to knock you out. I'm thinking those two gentlemen that were in the back when they, Possibly could have flipped the vehicle over. It's not hard to do when they're in their seatbelts and, and uh, you know, they rest, you know, they did whatever they did. Maybe they use blunt force. Maybe those aren't injuries from a fall. Maybe it's blunt force where mm-hmm. they, they beat him over the head to, to make sure he's dead that way. And then the train hits the the vehicle, you know, it kills those two gentlemen and, you know, Takira with a, the magical healing powers, is uh, just off to the side with whoever, because she obviously didn't do it herself. She's known as a setup girl. Um, this smells of homicide to me all the way.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, this, this was no accident, that's for sure. And the and for all the, the, the detectives and doctors that were covering it up, they're just getting it for their own money.
0: Yeah, Shaker seems to be the, – the medical examiner seems to be someone that's easily paid off with his – if you look into his record, he's very shady, and it's not the first time he's been arrested. So I think there's one key right there, and again, I don't understand um, – that really bothers me that the detective supposedly sold off the phone after saying there's some pretty uh, questionable, scary things on that phone or, or, or incriminating type stuff – why would you sell that stuff off? I mean, again, uh, that should have went. All his possessions should have went back to to his mother, and also the duffel bag missing with the guns, the drugs, and the money. That's a huge come up for somebody. I mean, people people have been killed for five thousand dollars and less. You know, and and you're talking about a quarter of a hundred thousand dollars right there, at least. Yeah. So. Uh, my heart goes out to you, Shawanda. I re- it really does, um, and and you know um, we really, really hope that you can get justice for your son because it does seem like this is not on the on the up and up at all.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Anything else you would like to say, Matt? Before you know, she says her.
2: Um, the only thing I I just want to see what uh some just some some street justice done to uh those involved because it clearly it smells of a homicide and you know something needs to be done to those and and for those who were involved it it smells like takira definitely has her hand on it for her to be celebrating and walking around you know just enjoying life like you know everything's all good and she says a statement like she's been involved in six murder and god gotten you know protect me through all that that's just blasphemous you know and I, I wish something can happen to her i'm not saying death to her but i i do wish something happens to her to where she's put in jail for the rest of her life for all the things that she may have been involved in
0: i think what i think you're right matt with, with her, I think uh, what might happen is she might open her mouth to the wrong person and she yep. might say something to incriminate a former uh, incident and she might get taken out herself. Yep. So, I mean, again, I'm not wishing death upon her either, but, um, you know, hopefully she gets some retribution for her uh, lies and whatnot. Exactly. Yes. But Shawanda, is there any... Um, parting thoughts you have as far as this case or um, anything you would would to want to put out there to the public?
1: Um, I want to tell, I mean, even with you, you saying that you can do a GoFundMe for, to, to get a private investigator. Mm-hmm. So I would love if you could do that uh, for me to help me to get justice for, for Justin. And the thing about it, when you're going through, getting justice and you fight against the system you know you need other people that's gonna come that's gonna step in that's bigger than them to shed light you know to even make uh, the district attorney go back and do their job to make them go back and um when they speak to the cure may they incriminate you know they just like if you know somebody got murdered, you um, you know, for them to to make her speak, to make her talk, to put pressure on her because mm-hmm. they haven't done this. They haven't put pressure on her to make her break. You know, they have let her know everything she have done is OK. And mm-hmm. it's not OK. It's not OK. Because I look at um, Mama Todd. Her son, you know, and I'm not racist because I have my um, my grandchildren, some of them are white. So when you even look at Mama Todd in Mobile, Alabama, in Pritchard, a rural area, her son got killed for selling weed in, in Pritchard. And she said she was going to bring the Ku Klux Klans there. They found who killed her son. You know, they found who. Who murdered her son. He got murdered after Justin. They found who murdered him. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: You know, less than two weeks. Those three boys was in handcuffs. You know, and when the system is being paid off to cover things up, because Detective Joshua Pounds don't even work there no more. Mm He don't even work for Mobile anymore. So um, since this happened with Justin and everything else came out, and um you know i'm a voice for justin and i'm going to keep on fighting until i get justice for him yeah i want closure you know i want justin to be able to rest in peace you know i want closure not for only me but for justin three kids too
0: yeah and how old are his uh or your grandbabies and his kids right now
1: he have two eight and he have a son that's um 10 his hmm. oldest son
0: is 10. Yeah, those are the question years you're getting right now. So, I'm uh, sure. You...
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say one last thing. Uh, you had mentioned earlier in the beginning about a YouTube channel. Do you want to uh, say what that channel is? So, those in the audience might want to look it up?
1: Yes, my YouTube t- channel is up under my name, Shawanda McCreary, uh, in parentheses, and have mother's love. My name is spelled S-U-H-W-A-N-D-A, McCreary, M-C-C-R-E-A-R-Y.
0: Okay. And I'll I'll leave a link in the description once we post the um, video later in this week here. Okay. Okay. So, well, Shawanda, it was very nice to talk to you. I wish it was on better circumstances, but um, Mm -hmm. we really appreciate you telling your side of the story and also giving us some insight because- the, the videos there, people, if you look up YouTube or type in her son's name, you'll find the news reports and the discrepancies right there. And then she has also uh, more evidence on her YouTube channel that she just described that shows video and has audio and, and uh, of what happened. So, and she also goes into detail um, from the police report. So, um, very uh, just very much a, an open case in our book. Um, So we thank you for your time this morning thank you thank you very well, thank you. much you're welcome all right matt you want to take us out of the episode
2: yeah we'll take you out um for those of you guys uh listening thank you so much and once again if you want to follow our page and uh, just go to uh facebook and instagram and just type in grindy true Crunt podcast and you can follow our page like our page and comment on our page uh, and if you want to just listen to us on your podcast stream just go to Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine. And those who uh, listen to us outside of the U.S., you can listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Chaser. So this has been a, a exclusive uh, episode with uh, interview with Shawanda uh, McCurry. And this has been uh, Maddie Matt along with Todd Box. And we are signing off. Thank
3: you. Bye-bye.